because I'm, I'm guessing that you've never had that type of sleep deprivation, less, no stimulation, like... Not all those things added together. You know, it's all... In different times, I've had different parts yeah. of that, but that really brought a lot of it together. And I was surprised how well I was doing, actually, at 100 miles and 130 miles, I was feeling really good. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd been through a dip and I picked up and I, I was feeling great again. And I'd learned from last, the last one standing there, I had also, at the same sort of point, I'd felt great and I started putting in a few quick loops because I felt fabulous. Now, I don't know how many loops it was, I was doing sort of 40 something, 45, 46 minutes. And I thought, this is great, I'm, I'm bouncing on here fine. And then the wheels started wobbling and <laughs> uh, it sort of went bad very quickly. So I had that in mind in the tunnel and I did start feeling good at 120 odd miles, I think. And I thought I'll not push on here because I was tempted, you know, to run a few lengths and uh, not take walk breaks. But I held myself back, and I think that's helped me get further than what I maybe would have done. That, my friend, was Bobby Irvine, and this is the Inspirational Runners Podcast. Hey everyone, hope it's all well. My name's Robbie Marsh, and I'm your host. So welcome to the podcast. We have Bobby Irvine from Carrick Fergus, County Antrim on the show this week. A winner of the inaugural Last One Standing. Winner of the Pairs Escape from Meriden. Competed in over 100 marathons and ultra marathons, including the Marathon de Sables. But he wouldn't tell you any of this as he's one of the most humblest, nicest guys you'll meet on course. In this episode, we break down last week's Tunnel Ultra, where Bobby was the last one to DNF to finish in third place having completed 189 miles. With only 20 loops from the finish and arguably the hardest mental race in the UK and Ireland. 200 miles, which is 200 non-stop loops through the darkness of the UK's longest foot tunnel, which is a mind-bending event. Before we start, this episode is brought to you by the Dublin Mountain Marathon, which is being held on the 11th of May. It's organized by Don Hannon from Raw Ultra, so check out the Raw Ultra website. There's both a half and full option. I'm sure you won't be disappointed. I'm back on the mountain, so targeting this race, so hopefully I'll see you there. We have an amazing competition to give away to celebrate the podcast's first birthday. One lucky listener and their friend will join me for a guided tour of the Moans, followed by a free meal at the award-winning Leafy Greens Cafe. That afternoon, you'll be taken across the ferry to Carnickford for a free pint of Guinness before returning back across the lock for a free night's accommodation. It doesn't end there. The following morning you'll go for a one mile walk up a local mountain to watch the sunrise over the ocean before having breakfast made by yours truly. All you have to do is go on to the Inspirational Runners podcast group page on, found on Facebook, tag two people and share the competition to be in with a chance of winning this amazing package for you and one friend. Really, I'm sorry for the delay. Just really wanted to get that out there. With great pleasure, I give you Bobby Irvine. That's what it really is, to be honest. Like, I don't like some people ask me the same questions today. I'm like, shit. I don't know what the questions are. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see when the time comes. Yeah. So whatever happens on the last one standing, I'm going to talk about that later on because I see your all right. Yes, sir. Your snake and snake snake and ladder board. I call it like. <laughs> it's a bit like there's only one snake. There's only one snake, and if you land uh, on that, it's gone. You're right of it, aren't you? We'll talk about that in a minute. Right. Um, but one I was, I took a couple of photographs of that sheet. You know. Oh, did you whenever you were down when there? you were out doing the loop. All right. I thought that is absolutely... I think Sammy Day did that, or Adrian maybe did that on the first time he saw it up at Florence Court. I thought that is absolutely <laughs> brilliant, Like, well, well, it was... Uh, Adrian sort of made it into 
more than what I had thought originally it was to be. I mean, I just did it as a self-motivational yeah. wee tool to tick them off as I go along and wee reminders in each of the boxes. But then he says whenever other competitors were coming in, they were looking at it and thinking, oh, God, he's planning to go to the 200 miles. So uh, I thought it was maybe a wee bit demotivating for other people, but it wasn't yeah. an original it's good for mind games as well though well that's right yeah well i made the original one was was that one there which went to 200 miles which was the 48 hours originally and uh that was one that didn't florence court last year i think or 2017. so you had like florence court the first last one standing was at um castle ward was castle ward 2016 yeah february 2016. you won that one didn't you came first in that was that the first time you sort of ventured into something like that type of race? Yeah, well, I'd done a couple of ultras before that. I'd done Energia and uh, a couple of times. It seems to be a real and springboard for people in Energia, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think it is. It's, great. it's a great setup and so well organised. It's, yeah. uh, it's very easy for people to get into. And it's easy to go down and watch because I'd gone down the year before and watched a couple of friends and supported them during it. And that got it's, me into the idea. It's infectious, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it seems to be like, is that... It's, Energy have built that much of a buzz up and everybody just goes up to support everybody. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. then it's such good energy, everybody's like, jeez, <coughs> oh, I wouldn't mind having a crack at this. Yeah, and sort of party atmosphere sort of thing around it as well. They have a lot of the music and then they have the like, the camp and the, the tents and all up. And uh, a nice atmosphere about that. Um, but it, it's great and it's great that it's a relatively short. Of course, the first one did, it was at Mary Peter's track, was a very short yeah. route, uh, route round, which was good. It was a lovely setup there as well, but... Did, you, did, you, did you do that one? Yeah. And how do you find that then from the mental aspect of that? Cause I, I imagine that being tough. Uh, yeah, well, I, I find loops and even short loops not too bad. I mean, I don't mm. get bored in loops. I get into a mindset where I can sort of click, tick them off and tick them off and tick them off and sort of go into sort of a zone or uh and sort of half wake up and there's a few miles done i think oh that's great i'll try that again you just go into deep thought or what do you do yeah so it's a bit of i, I read a book before about uh <clears throat> mindfulness while running and it it gelled with what i had already been sort of doing unconsciously yeah um, and you just i don't think about how many miles i'm doing or how many hours i'm going to be out there i just think about the loop i'm on and how i'm running and think about different parts of my body how they're feeling that's amazing um, like what what was the name of that book can you remember oh, it was it was, it was something simple like running and mindfulness or um, mindfulness while running i've got it somewhere I've got it's something that i've many. adapted myself the last couple of years mm -hmm. i never used to be conscious about that you know i used to be not conscious about anything you're running to pace and you're just yes. running and trying and to increase your pace and, 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 pushing on. and i sort of came I had actually a lot of tension in my body, right. so I sort of read up mindfulness as well. Yeah. So when I went out on my running, mm -hmm. <coughs> I started practicing mindfulness in running, yeah. and it was liberating. It you is. Know, you, you know, you're looking at like the shape of the direction of the trees, right. or how your you body's take, feeling. It takes or, so much more in than just going for a run, and your mind is on other things. And, uh, It'd be quite therapeutic then when yeah. you're running. Oh, I think it is. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. very relaxing. You go for a long run, you're back and you're more relaxed almost than you were. So it, must, you it must give you a real good self-awareness then. Yes. You know, it must well, develop that. Well, like I say, when I'm thinking about different parts of the body, I mean, I, I think I go around like I do a, a, a system check, as it were, you know, yeah. and see how are my ankles doing, how are my knees doing, how are my hips doing, because I get pains in different places. And if I do start getting a pain, in, in a certain part, I would concentrate on it, even talk to it. Yeah. You know, and say, oh, are you back again? I'll 
treat with you later and go on to something else and it sort of fades away and it eases off and it's, yeah. it's, it's I think a key incredible. thing to that is to what I've learned is if you welcome those moments because as soon yes. as you start resisting it yeah. then it just amplifies you know they're coming it? well I say to myself I know this is going to be coming and then when it arrives hey oh there you are I knew you yeah. would be here and then you deal with it because you know you're anticipating it one thing I learned helps. talking to Colette O'Hagan time of the oh, podcast with her she's yeah. brilliant too oh, like. she's fantastic. and um it was about adapting to that situation that you're in right now right yes and that's very mindful as well like so if you're running a mile yeah you just run one mile doesn't matter how many times you do it you just run that's one right, mile just time. and if you can adapt to how you're feeling in that mile because it used to be when i ran a marathon mile 20 mm. you know the walls yeah. start falling and you're like how am i going to survive another six miles that's like right. this yeah, and it gets so impossible. negative and it just builds in um, I'm sort of past that stage now where you sort of think, okay, this is how I feel right now. I just have to manage this. Mm-hmm. And then that changes. You might get, might get better. It might get well, worse. Well, that's been the surprising thing. When, when I started doing long runs uh, and then the marathons and things started getting sore and I started getting low in a mood or whatever, I always thought, you know, it's starting going bad. It's only going to get worse. But yeah. you can get through it and it can be better and you can be running at mile 23 and you can be feeling twice as good as you were <laughs> yeah. at mile 17. And that's been a big surprise. And knowing, yeah. just knowing that is helpful because you get to that point and you're starting to feel low. You just tell yourself, I'm going to get through this. 20 minutes time, this could all be behind me and I'll be feeling great again. Because you get confidence by, by actually being through that a few times. Yeah, so a, a lot of new people who are into running like ourselves as well they just there's that sense of feeling it's just going to get worse yeah you know the further i go I, i'm thing. not going to hang on to this pace yeah, it's just no, going to get no harder and harder yeah. and you become what you start thinking that's it isn't it and oh, just your mind harder. is such a big part of it i mean and uh, keeping a positive outlook yeah. and like i say knowing it and the experience is a big part of uh helping you get through the next time because you know you can do it you know what you've done before do you think that gives you strength outside running then? Do you, does that carry oh, out into no, everything? Every part of life, I think it does, yeah. Mm. Maybe there isn't a direct correlation, but just knowing that, the, that you've got the strength to get through something, and uh, the resolve to get through something and out the other side, uh, I think whenever you come across other difficulties, that is mm. like even an unconscious strength. Because it's going to pass. Through. Yes. It's going to pass. So that's, where, really that's where I was. I'm sort of at myself within my running. You know, mm-hmm. It's very familiar to that. And I'm loving exploring that. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to challenging that more and more. But when I seen your snakes and ladders, <laughs> snake and ladder board, I'm going to yeah. call it. <laughs> it just looks like, that's what it looks like. Here's, here's the, the latest iteration of it. Uh, I've made a I'm going to put a photograph of this <laughs> up so people know what I'm that. talking about. All right. And, um, <laughs> it's it's, almost, well, it helps me. And it does it's almost like a board game. Yeah. It, t- it took away, I thought, wow, that's brilliant because it's given you, because I'm a very much a goal setter. Right. And it's giving you goals, something. Many goals, all the. Yeah, and we know that's how we break down long distance yeah. runs. Like, we're always having that. But I've had it in my head what I'm going to do. When I've seen this, this mm. actually was able to break it down into very small bites. Yeah. Well, it was perfect for last one standing because each of those boxes is, is a loop, it's one hour. Uh, yeah. So it, it breaks that down very simply and it, it lends itself to, to that sort of thing. It's perfect, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, it works out. And um, so you won the Castle Award one in 2016. 16, yeah. Were you expecting that when you done when you went into it? No, that? I'd never done that. Uh, did you think you were even going to challenge it? No, I had no idea. Although I did train for it specifically, which I think a lot of other people didn't. Uh, I think they thought 
well, uh, well see yeah see how it goes we'll try this it's a bit quirky it's a bit different um we've run 100 miles before run ultras we'll give this mm. one a go but it's very different and i train specifically for the format that it's in i would go out and run just over four miles and come back into the house wait for a few minutes until the hour was up and go out and do it again and repeat that and see how it felt because <clears throat> it's very different to going out and running the same distance continually stopping and starting uh, i mean it, it affects your body you start to cool down you start yeah. to stiffen up and it's very hard sometimes to get out and doing it again you're even familiarizing though it's not yourself very fast. with that sort of that yeah. feeling of that what the race is gonna yeah because there's no <coughs> other ultras like that uh other ultras when you're feeling good you can push on you can keep going as long as you like mm. and when you're feeling bad you can sit down you can even sleep for an hour you can't do that yeah that was the one thing i thought to myself you know when i first heard about it, well you get 10 minutes rest because some people don't amazing mm. and then, you know just rolling up and doing it and doing 100k and i'm like well you get 10 minutes rest but you don't like when you actually go down mm. and watch it yeah. this thing never stops it's no. just like boom oh, it's relentless and as soon as you come in so you only feel like you've sat down when you have to go again yeah. isn't it unless like, you've done i think i you need to have a plan i think i think from an hour or two beforehand what i'm going to do in that hour rather than thinking whenever i get in at the end of this one because then i have all my stuff sitting out yeah. whether it's food or whether i need to put a plaster on a blister or need to change shoes i try to get that ready in this hour so that whenever i come in next hour everything's just sitting there because like 10 minutes, if you think you have 10 minutes every hour, it seems like a lot, but it's, it's not. <laughs> it's gone like that. Well, I was watching, I almost <laughs> felt sorry for everybody. Like, we sat down, <laughs> and I was afraid to talk in case I still had time. Yeah, that's it. Because if you get engaged in a conversation, oh, all of a sudden alert. I'm like, oops. Yeah, there's a three, three minute mornings coming. And <laughs> sorry, you have to go now. You're like, shit, yeah. why did you speak to me? <laughs> yeah. also, also, I felt guilty because I had friends come, especially in the first one, uh, I had friends and family come down to watch. And you feel guilty whenever you come in. And that's the only time they see you sometimes. And some of these, uh, the first one wasn't so bad because they can see they could see you halfway around. Um, but whenever you come in at the end and you think, oh, I've got 10, 15 minutes, I can chat yeah, to them. Yeah, but you yeah. can't really chat to them. No. And you're sitting there and they see you come in and you're just walk away and you get something to eat and you're doing your thing. You have to be focused and, on that. Uh, yeah. So on this one you had, like, I love this. <laughs> that was, that oh, was, I knew I'd seen 400 miles. I said <laughs> yes. that in Catherine's um, <laughs> podcast. I wasn't so sure. <laughs> I guess he's got 400 miles on his yes. 650k. But part of that, part of that was a, a wee bit of a joke, but it's also, I think, because I'd made out ones that went sort of 48 hours. But if, if you make it to the limit, I think, of where you expect to go, then I think it's harder to, to reach that because that's yeah. the end point. So if I made that one to 400, I thought it'd be an awful lot easier to get to halfway that. You know? Even mentally, it's like any run. If you mm. go for a four mile run, yeah. you know the last mile yes it's a pain that's it. and if you're going to six miles yeah. you know yeah. for me anyway if i can go for four mile run i can't run any further i wouldn't go for yeah, 20 mile it. run i can't you've got in your head and that's the end point it's so. the same as if you've got like 400k or 200k mm -hmm. in that you're getting close to the edge which yeah. actually builds that sort of that's i don't it. know if you can convince your mind word. if you convince your mind that you're going further then whenever you get to the actual end point, yeah. it's, it's easy, it's done. I, did, I mentioned in a podcast a couple of weeks ago, actually, I've done a PB um, in my half marathon. Funny, mm -hmm. it was Sean Smith, who I'm going to meet on the way down the road. All right. <laughs> Good. And like a mile 11, like I was running 650s, it was a major PB for me. Oh, and all of a sudden it was like, 
shit, like this is horrendous. <laughs> you know, two miles yeah, to go. And because it was the Dublin Rock and Roll on the old Dublin Marathon course. Oh, right, yes. It took me about, you know, five minutes just thinking to myself, you know, I'm on the marathon course. I have another, yeah. like, yeah. 15 miles to go. Mm-hmm. And it just released and it was grand. Did, didn't it? For yeah, the two it's miles. funny how that works. Because this is very similar to that thing. Yeah, it's a similar idea and it I mean? works in a similar way. Yeah. So what Bobby's done, he's broke down every loop. In the, in the last one stand, is a 4.2-mile loop, which goes every hour on the hour. Um, Catherine Miskelly saw a podcast, broke that down, if anyone yes. wants to listen to that. So give you some aga- examples. He's got 96 squares, which is 96 loops. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like loop eight is like, so as you've hit the 50 kilometer mark, loop nine is make sure you eat your dinner and coffee. Loop 10 is charge the Garmin. Um, but when you look through, I, I love the fact when you look down through, you know, it's like a double marathon. Yeah, you know, had little milestones. Look, you know, so we loop thirty two was five marathons. So you know, at loop thirty one, no matter how you're feeling, yeah. you know, if I do one more loop, that's actually five marathons. Yeah. And a little achievement. Yeah. Does it feel that way when you're going through that? Like the kind of yes, that? yeah. You think, oh, this is pretty tough, and then you look and see, oh, if I do one more, I'll get to this milestone, or if I do three more, I'll hit a hundred k, or because there's a few of them come quite quickly after each other. Those milestones, yeah. I mean, you hit a marathon, and then you're hitting sort of fifty k pretty soon after. Uh, Wait, where did you come up with this idea? Uh, it was before Florence Court in 2017, the first uh, Florence Court uh, last one standing. And I'd, I'd, I only set, I'd set it out on a line by line thing because whenever I had been doing at, uh, the last one standing at uh, Castle Ward, I'd been coming in and after a lot of miles, after 100 miles or whatever, your mind isn't always thinking. Uh, straight you know you don't think as quickly yeah. as you did before and then I would head out on another loop and I thought oh I meant to do that whenever I was in that break or I meant to uh, I meant to take uh, nutrition or I meant to take some tailwind or I meant to do this or that or the other but then I thought right if I know roughly when I'll be needing to do those things or at a regular basis I'll write it down and the first thing I'll do when I come in is tick off the previous and then yeah. see what I'm supposed to do in the next loop and it makes it so much easier. You don't have to think. It's just all sitting there for you. That's what I was going to say then, because these races are so around your mental aspect, yeah. aren't they? And the more mental energy you can conserve. Yes, the longer you can keep it going for. Me. I mean, the first really few loops are easy. There's no problem. You're thinking straight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it doesn't take too long before you either hit 50 miles or 100k and things aren't just going as, as smoothly and your mind isn't thinking just as straight. Um, so on this plan, like... Plans are a good foundation. Mm-hmm. The plans don't always go to plan. No. Well, so are you, are you able to, do you feel you have to be prepared to accept, to adapt going yes. through the plan? So well, does it matter it to you if you if you miss something? Does it play on your mind? No, I use, I, I use it as, as a, an aid memoir or a, a yeah. help, but I know that if, if you try to be a slave to it, then it's not taking account of the conditions you're on on the day. I mean, I've made that out obviously before. Before the yeah, thing started, yeah. uh, even a week or two before. Because you can all go pear shaped. Oh, I can go badly wrong very quickly, too. <laughs> so I, want yeah. to, I want to, and I've found find in these long runs, everything can be great and you can be feeling brilliant. Even over 100 miles, you can be feeling great and bouncing along. But when things start going wrong, they can go downhill within half an hour or mm-hmm. less, even, you know. Uh, it's like a flick and a switch with me. Yes. I, sometimes I'm going along thinking, like, how can it go wrong? Yeah. And 10 minutes later, I'm so there weird. and going, <laughs> How did it go wrong? <laughs> it's just like I've had a few like that, and uh, you know it goes so quickly. You think what happened there, 
that's I guess like you've been hit with something, you know. Does this give you a tool then to be able to reflect and learn? Like if you if you get to like forty one charge Garmin, one hundred and seventy two kilometers, and that's where you finish. Mm -hmm. Are you able to reflect and then try and work out why it's gone wrong or what you could have done to improve? It's hard sometimes to work out what's done wrong, but I, I make changes to that. I mean, there's iterations mm. of this plan uh, from the original one, and I've gone through it again. I've said, well, that didn't really work, or I need to do that more often. Uh, so I've made uh, slight changes to that, so it, that's helped, yeah. It, it does help to look back yeah. on it. Um, I, don't, I tick these off as I go through, um, but I don't really take notes or how I, how I felt. There's not really time. Yeah. And then when you look back on it... And you don't want to overcomplicate it. No, yeah, you, want to you, keep you it can analyse things too, too the, much. The whole point of it is yeah. to actually conserve your energy, yeah. isn't it, really? And take, and the, to thinking make it out, take the thinking out of yeah. the game. How many of last one standings have you done then? Um, there's been... I've done all the ones over here. There's been four at Castle Ward and uh, three now, I think, at Florence Court, 2017, 18. No, two at Florence Court. So Castle Ward this year was a bit unique, wasn't it? Because there was a big group of people. But there was there was uh, quite a lot of starter. There was twenty got to the hundred miles, which is the biggest yet. It's usually yeah. sort of the high mid uh, high single figures, uh, but there was twenty, which was great. And I think there was four uh, female runners got through yeah. the hundred mile, which was fantastic as well. It's good to see more and more. What What do you think that is? Why do you think this year? Do you think that people are just learning more about this type of? It's a different sport in itself, like really, isn't it? Just it is. Longer I mean, it's, distance type of running, like it is, and because it's not a normal uh, ultra, uh, because it's a, an ultra that has no, there's no um, finish line, or you just don't know mm. where the finish line is. That's uh, becomes so mental, and I think a lot of people have shied away from it, maybe because of that. But now that people have seen and the publicity's got bigger with it and with the the backyard ultra world series yeah. almost now that's that's underway that's uh, got a lot of interest i almost feel there's a bit of a mind shift with people because mm -hmm. even with marathons about five years ago you know a marathon was such a big thing or yeah. 10 years ago such a big thing to do and there's that fear aspect because we live in mm -hmm. such a comfort zone world yeah now and as you say um energy air sort of expose people to a lot of this mm -hmm. and I wouldn't mind trying that and you're seeing people that you know doing it and actually enjoying it to a certain yeah. extent and people are starting to think about it in different ways I my feeling is that you know actually I wouldn't mind to go and see it's yeah. better than Jesus I couldn't do that yeah. like you know what I mean well I think people when they well, you say the <clears> marathon has been a big milestone for people and they get to an end of the marathon and they're, they're, they're wrecked or they mm. feel totally exhausted but they think then, oh, I couldn't do twice that or I couldn't do four times that. Yeah. But it's completely different uh, sort of set of rules. It's a, it's, a diff it's a different way to run it. Your pace is down and you only mm. have to drop your pace slightly yeah. to be able to <clears throat> keep going for an awful lot longer. And I don't think people fully realise that until they get into doing it. Yeah, like a lot of new runners and they say to me, I don't know how the hell you could do that. Mm. I mean, it's easier than the ten k. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, a park run. I don't, I don't mean like, than... I don't mean the last one standing is easier from a perspective of. But I said like for running a marathon, mm -hmm. like if I run ten k and you, like my marathon pace is like an hour, a minute twenty. Yeah. A mile slower. Because the longer I go, the longer you go, the slower. That somebody was talking to me about Ironman I was, um, the other day, and I was like, mm -hmm. it's just a day out, yeah. compared to. <laughs> 
even when I, I did my first triathlon, which was a, was a try a try. All right, yes. Because that was painful. Yes. <laughs> it was flat out as that's hard right, as you can go. They're short and they're sprint and they're fast. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's just where yeah. I'm at. I'm, I'm obviously not um, an elite athlete who's mm-hmm. racing the oh, Ironman like that. But it's all, it's everybody has their own yeah. uh, limit to go. It's all very relative. So it is. if you're pushing and your heart rate's up at 90% of your max, it's going to be as hard for you as it is for an elite doing the same yeah. thing. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's all... It's, Relative. It's all very relative. So how far did you get in Castle Ward this year? Was it this year it was 138 miles, which is slightly less than last year. But my father's has been uh, Florence Court there last summer, which is 159, which I was delighted Brilliant. So what is, every time, when I've seen you, mm-hmm. um, every time you were coming in, like you have this huge smile on you, <laughs> always. <laughs> and then all the photographs. Is that something that just... That you're conscious of that it's important to actually smile well, and try I don't, and keep that i don't try I, it's not mm-hmm. something i'm conscious of saying oh if i smile i'll feel better or but i've seen things about recently that if you smile it yeah. is easier but it's just something that's come natural to me i love running and the fact that i'm out there running i'm really enjoying it and mm-hmm. if there's a camera there well maybe my smile's a wee bit wider <laughs> but <laughs> i would be smiling anyway because i i do love it i enjoy it and um Seeing people come whenever you come in and the support and all that, that lifts your whole mood. And uh, yeah, it's not something that conscious of. It's just a great energy all around. It doesn't matter whether you're spectating or Mm -hmm. partaking. There's just a buzz like isn't there? It's a great energy. It is is good. The other thing, you were asking earlier about why more people are maybe uh, doing the likes of Last One Standing and getting more popular. The more people that do it, they realise that they can get by far their longest distances. I mean, there's so many people have done this and they've run twice as far as they've ever run before. Yeah. Or they go into it and they say, oh, I'd like to run an ultra, which would be seven loops. And they end up running 50 miles. Yeah. And they thought, well, I know, how did that happen? <laughs> you know, or, or, or they've run a couple of marathons before and they end up running 100 miles. Yeah. And, you know, it, it can be far the best um, method i think or the best format for getting huge mileage yeah it's absolutely brilliant it's, like um, um, people really busting their their pbs out, out, out of the park it's great i'm really looking forward to actually entering it next year i think like castle ward yeah or, yeah castle ward one because it's quite a hilly course it is quite hilly yeah. time of year makes it challenging it does because it can get i mean this year wasn't too bad last year it was pretty miserable and mm. it was said it almost flooded and it was cold at night and yeah it, it changes the yeah, certainly your break does. and what you need to do and their change of clothes you need sometimes if it's a warm one or in the summer you may not have to change mm. clothes or shoes at all because we don't run well i certainly try not to run at a pace where i'd be sweating at all i mean if i start to feel i'm out of breath or sweating then i'm going too hard there's mm. something about the winter time and the wind like mm. this morning i went for like a two mile run which i do every morning just with a dog up a right. small mountain close to me mm-hmm. And this morning it was covered in clouds and it was lashing down. And there's something strange about myself. I just loved it. Like, I, do you know what I mean? really invigorating, can't it? Yeah, that adversity so of, yeah. you know, so that's why I'm so drawn to Castle Ward and that time of year. Because yeah. there's something, it's a bit more grit, I think, and a bit, I, think it's, I don't uh, want to use the word darker, but <laughs> <laughs> darker yeah. or deeper, I don't know what it is like, but rather than a, a nice summer flat, sort mm-hmm. of, it's a different buzz. Um, but it's a real good challenge, like in the winter time, isn't it? Yeah, I think it adds an extra dimension to it. I think it gives you a lot of good energy as well. To be honest, I think your body's. I I I I think that this is almost 
going back <laughs> 10,000 years to what <laughs> our bodies are actually designed to do. Yeah, so what do we, we evolved. Yeah, yeah, so I think that um, that's why we can sort of feel good and sort of adapt to these type of long distance sort of races like that. Mm. Um, because our bodies are designed to sort of for long distance that. running and endurance, long distance type thing, and hunter gatherers, yes. and you're getting back to your natural state. I think so. It's something innate there, I think, yeah. in the body, and it's uh, I think we've lost that a lot over the last so the, when time. I was at last one standing, um, I think it was Louise Smart mm -hmm. told me about the tunnel, and I said, What's, oh, the, what's yes. the tunnel ultra? I haven't mm -hmm. heard of that. And then she explained to me what it was, and I went, holy <laughs> shit, you're joking me. Like, that is such a, it's a different level altogether. Uh, so last week, was last weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just last weekend, yeah. Because um, I sent you a message, I said, has your mind come back to earth yet? Yeah, it's such <laughs> like, a real mind melter. It, it really is. So tell me a little bit about the race for people that don't know, what actually does it consist of? All right, the tunnel is, uh, it's an underground tunnel near Bath in England. Uh, I think it's an old railway line that's now been turned into Greenway. So there's there's a couple of tunnels along the way, but one of the tunnels is the the Coombe Down Tunnel, and it's just just over a mile long. Um, so it's an old rail. I think it's an old railway. Yeah, yeah. I think that, and they've turned it into it's a cycleway and pedestrian way now. So it's uh, so it's quite narrow, isn't it? It's it is fairly narrow. Yeah. When um, I first heard it, I actually thought it was actually like a car tunnel. All right, but yes, not, but it's not. It's no, nothing it's, like uh, that. Like, uh, how wide would it be? Maybe ten feet wide, something like mm. that. Ten, twelve feet wide, maybe. And it's not that tall either, really, is it? No, but well, you couldn't touch the ceiling. But it's yeah, uh, yeah it's not. It's not like a but tunnel it, it drive is, through. It's, yeah, it's fairly it closed. Yes. Yeah, quite can closed. Feel, in. I mean, if you get claustrophobic, I wouldn't recommend it. So you fifty-five hours to complete. Fifty-five hours and miles. it's two hundred. Well, it actually works out slightly more than two hundred miles because it's two hundred length of the tunnel, which is. But, uh, it, it doesn't sound like much it's 1.05 miles long but it's an extra 10 miles at the end of it which <laughs> plays in your mind as well you think if my watch says 200 miles here i'm going to actually have to do another 10. <laughs> do you get but, to, do you get to come out of the tunnel when you turn no or? there's a gate at each end of the tunnel and uh i don't and a, and a lot of uh sort of adventure races and stuff you have um a timing device which is like a a wee plastic thing you carry a dip a dib yes and you dip it into yeah. the uh, receiver at each end so it was tied onto the gate at each end so you can see outside but if you you can go outside if you like yeah, but you're going further but the actual course is all inside the tunnel <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you run a length of the tunnel you dip at one end and you run back and you dip at the other end and you keep that going okay, so on paper it says it's it's flat but you get to learn it that. says it's flat on the first few times up and down you think it is flat but there's actually about a one or two percent uh, incline in one direction and by the end of it you it feels like it's about 10 percent <laughs> in one direction and you think how on earth did i not notice this at the start yeah you could almost not notice that there was any it seems pretty flat to start with there's a bit of a camber on it as well isn't yes there? there's a bit of a camber too so you're always and you have to run the left hand side because it's restricted space and it's open to cyclists and pedestrians uh, so to stop collisions and uh, other issues, you need to run on the very left-hand side. So your left leg's always slightly lower than your right, so that can cause uh, biomechanical. So they only they only allow like around thirty. Yeah, they were restricted to thirty. So I think it was thirty-two in the end. Turned up there was thirty-four actual entrants. I think there was thirty-two so starters. There was thirty-four entrants. Oh, I sorry. How do they select the people then? Because you have to. Well, you you have to send in uh, like an application. 
to get selected and then you send in your application to enter so they, they had like a lottery if you send in your like a cv right, running okay. CV. you had to run you had to have had at least i think a hundred mile race under your belt um before they would uh, consider you there wasn't much time between last one standing and no this. Like how many weeks was three that? weeks three Just weeks three weeks so does, does that play in your mind anyway form how your body's going to adapt to that it did because I, I had originally gone into last one standing knowing that and thinking well if i get to 100 miles you know i'll stop but mm. I can't just stop. Them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I'm standing on. Just oh, I'll keep going for a bit, and I'll keep going for a bit. So I kept on going, and going. So, but I mean, I felt I was recovered by the yeah. time the tunnel came. But you don't know until you get into big, big miles how much you are actually recovered and how much it's taken out of you. But um, if I was going to do it again, and I might, <laughs> uh, I, w- I would try to leave longer. Or if I do the last, mm. if I do the last one standing, I'll. It's got be, a very difficult thing to gauge, like, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's such an. Well, at least you, you know, when you're doing a race for the first time, you learn a lot. Yes. Don't you? What did you um, learn in this race then? Uh, <clears throat> well, one of the things about the, the tunnel, which makes it even harder than just, when well, I say just, but even harder than running 200 miles underground, is the logistics of getting there and getting your stuff there and getting away again. Because you can't park near it, you can't right, stay okay. near it. You, uh, you're, it's at least a mile, maybe a couple of miles walk from the nearest place you can leave a car. Uh, mine was three or three miles or so, about an hour's walk from my B&B, which I hadn't actually checked into because I was there two days. I started running two days before I needed it. Uh, so there's logistics and that to add into it. So mm. the planning of it all, which I like planning races like that because it's one of the ones that Skip from Merlin and Convergence yeah, and stuff, which I take get a lot feeling of planning. That you do like planning, looking at the stakes <laughs> I can know, a wee bit obsessive maybe about it. But that all adds to the whole uh, yeah. experience. Um, but actual lessons I've learned for that. Um, I'd already learned a lot of lessons and they, they were confirmed uh, about my nutrition and what my stomach's able to handle mm. and how often I need to take things. What type of food take... do you eat? Is it solids or sugars? Or... Uh, I, well, I could survive on the likes of Tailwind mm. nutrition, but I like some solid foods because I don't like just taking liquids all the time. I find I need, uh, or I don't need, but I crave milk uh, when I'm a lot of miles into it and I couldn't get any this time. I, I took a lot of uh, UHT milk to with to last one standing with me and I find that very nutritious or very mm. uh, uh, refreshing. It settles the stomach too. Yeah, but it? it does. As long as you don't take too much at the time and it's not yeah. sloshing around in there. If you take a little bit every loop or a little bit every time through the tunnel, um, uh, that's the way that, well, I find it, the way it works where you take a little bit of these heat. races are like, how long were you actually, how long were you actually, how long did this race last for you? The tunnel, the, tunnel the, the, the tunnel was for 44 44 and a half yeah, hours, I think. Like, you're talking two days, yeah. full days. Like, how do you, like, on an ordinary day, be sitting down to a good plate of spuds and uh, things no. like that? Well, a couple of days before it, I had, uh, I had treated myself to a couple of meals out. And, uh, which, and I don't, I, I like pasta and stuff like that, but before a big, a long run, I tend to eat a lot of fatty foods. I take yeah. fish and chips and I would take a lot of fried food and stuff because a lot of my training tends to be very slow. 
and in the fat burning zone mm-hmm. and fasted so my body I think is used to burning fats and so if I stock up with fats just before a race that's good, like that one I, I find it works better I think it's very underestimated how important fat is and people sort yeah. of stay away from fat foods yeah. and try and keep the weight down but that's where your energy is coming that's, from that's, isn't it that's where you want to burn it I mean there's enough fat in your body to keep you going for days yeah. uh, so there is so if you, you can utilise that before you utilise your all your carbohydrates then you, the potential is you can keep going for an awful lot longer mm-hmm. so what, what was your game plan going into it then so what, what was your strategy uh, well I would I would have a different strategy which I've learned if I did it again but I had the idea in my head about how many hours I would like to do it I, I never assumed that I wasn't going to make 200 miles uh, so I had that sort of positive uh, thing going into it but then I thought I would like to do it in 48 hours and I thought, well, I would really like to do it in 40 hours. Uh, so I think things that got helped push me on, but I think also they worked against me because I was maybe going too hard if I had a, an unrealistic or a, a too ambitious uh, a target in mind. Because there no, is no real time limits apart from the 100, is it the 100 mile cut off? 100 miles, 27 hours. and a half hours. Yeah, so yeah. halfway you need to be 100 miles. Um, and... Like, there's, is that the only time limit there is? That's the only one. So it's up to yourself, one. really, how long you want to take. You've got 55 yes. hours. 55 hours. You can stop every time you go through. You can sleep yeah. for two hours. You can And they're, they're and very something. clear. Like, it's not... They don't want this to be, like, a last one stand and race. This is, like... No, it's not how far you can get in 55 hours. No, that's like, what he says. He says it, he doesn't want it to be a how far can I run in 55 hours race. Yeah. It's a 200-mile it's a race. And... Uh, hopefully that's what everybody's aiming for. So tell tell me about the first, I suppose keeping the numbers down keeps that very much real as well. Have you only got like 30 people? Are you passing mm. people then? Yes. Yeah, well, I had to venture at the start, he let about four people go at a time with a few seconds between them because it, it would only get congested because yeah. say, it is fairly narrow and there's a lot of cyclists far up and down quite quickly. Um, and the lighting isn't great. And a lot of people don't have lights on and cyclists don't have lights on. So we needed to run in single file. Um, so, yeah, we went off and there's quicker. It did, didn't let them people go off in speed order because you yeah. don't know what speed people are going to do. So the first hour or two, there'd be a lot of passing going on. The people you're not, getting allowed, into you're not allowed music or any stimuli. No, really you weren't uh, allowed any. You weren't allowed to run with poles. You weren't allowed to run with any headphones on. Um, at, I, I think part of it is because it was like a sensory deprivation yeah. experiment as well, but also for safety point of view, because there are uh, cyclists okay. found through and you needed to know, uh, be aware of what's happening. Yeah. I, I didn't actually think of it from the safety perspective as you do right. in any other race. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you don't wear them. Like, yeah. um, but in this one, you can really tell that this is a test of the mind, yes. isn't it? Oh, it is. I mean, uh, and did it go, well, I don't want to jump too far forward, I suppose. Mm. Like, so tell me about the first, 50 miles and how that went and how that developed like did it develop in the way you anticipated in the yeah, first well, I'd, 50 I'd miles? I'd gone out with the idea of running uh, running and walking um, and breaking it down because a lot of my training had been and I'd been trying to get the ratios of running and walking into a ratio of minutes of running and minutes of walking where I thought I'd be able to uh, keep that going for the 48 hours and I got down to about three minutes running two minutes walking I could keep that going so I started off like that although after the first couple of miles because I don't I didn't want to be walking too soon I wanted to get well warmed up and then into the run walk uh, so I was running for three minutes walking for two minutes um, I kept that going for 20 or 30 miles 
And then I started to get aches and pains coming in. Is the road hard? Like what yeah, was very hard. It's, it looks like a tarmac, but I was looking closer. <coughs> well, because I was started looking. <laughs> you started looking at the road quite closely <laughs> during the night because you're staring at your feet almost. Um, but it's like almost be mosaic hard stones. Right. Okay. Because then it's, it was a very hard surface. Uh, so from that point of view, you, uh, you need to get. Well, I thought I needed to have good cushioning in the shoes, so I got new shoes with good cushioning in them. What type of shoes know? were they like? Hokas well, I tried to get Hoka's, but uh, I couldn't get any at the time. Uh, the ones I wanted, the Cliftons. Uh, so I went up to the Nike shop and got uh, Vomero Nike Vomero. I seen a photograph on Facebook with all your mm-hmm. shoes. <laughs> so why are you look? <laughs> oh, like, and he's going far too many shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Some of those are well worn. I just can't get rid of them. I, I find it hard to throw shoes out because I, I pick up a pair of shoes and oh, I ran my first marathon in those, or I ran Helena yeah, Humber with enough. those ones, or you know, it's I say, oh, there's so many memories in there, and to throw them out, uh, it just doesn't seem right. <laughs> and now and again, I would put even the worn ones. I'd go out and run for three or four miles in them and think, oh yes, these do feel good. <laughs> So when your body was feeling tired, yes, yeah, so twenty or thirty miles. It was, it was. Were you like, oh, that's not good, or? Well, yes, I thought when this is a bit early on to be feeling like this, but then, like we were saying earlier, you know, you're going to go yeah. through this at some stage. But it just felt a bit early. Um, so then I'd come back and I think, oh well, I haven't had because I didn't have my check sheet, and I thought I haven't had any nutrition for an hour or so or an hour or two. Uh, so I had some tailwind. I had they were giving out chia charge with one of the sponsors, so they had a lot of bars of that. So I had one of those and I had a bit of tail nutrition and a sip of water and I started picking up and uh, when I got to 50 miles I was feeling great. Um, between 50 and 80 or 50 and 90 miles I was on top of the world, I was bouncing along there. So you're just in a routine uh, and a rhythm and yeah. the walk-run strategy is a great platform to give you just a little plan to go to isn't it? Yes. It's a little stimulation like stationary. Uh, again, like again I wouldn't want to be a slave to it because um, some yeah. ultras like this when you're feeling good sometimes it is good to push on yeah because uh, you know that you're going to be feeling worse later on so uh, you could be walking for an hour or two at some point i find that self-awareness comes into play then because mm. you know you're feeling better okay then yes. you know i don't need yeah. to do this now or sometimes it works the other way around actually mm-hmm. i'm too exhausted to hold this I actually yeah. need to walk a little bit more the next yes. time, get a bit uh, of a breather. Yeah, because sometimes I would, I would switch it around instead of running for three minutes, walk yeah. for two, run for two and walk for three. Uh, at one point I was uh, running for one and walking for nine. <laughs> and uh, Sometimes I find I'm walking and thinking, you know, now you're just being weak. You know you don't need <laughs> yes. to walk. <laughs> yeah, you just got a habit of walking here yeah, and, and you catch yourself up. on and get up and run a bit. Yes. That's brilliant. So around 80 or 90 miles, because um, what t- what... How many miles then does it get you getting into the night? Or what stage? Oh, well, it's hard to say. It doesn't make so much difference in the tunnel when you get into the night. (laughs) (laughs) You can't, whenever you start, you can't actually see the other end of the tunnel because there's a slight bend in it. So when you come to the last 100 or 200 meters, if it's daylight, you can see it. Uh, But the rest of the time, it's it's pretty dark. And then this time of year, it was what? It started at half three in the afternoon, which is another issue for me. I'd rather have started about 11 in the morning or something. When you've a bit more energy getting up. A bit more energy, and also the final cutoff would have been at a a better time time of day. What time was the cutoff? It was coming to about half 10 at night. And then if you have to walk for an hour to get to wherever you're going and stuff, it all, it's all playing in my mind as well, you know, how long yeah. it's going to take to get somewhere and do Sounds things. Sounds like something Laz would come up with, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> kind of well, the fellow who organised Mark Cobain, he's, uh, he's sort of famous for 
doing particularly hard things and adding extra stuff in. It's how to challenge seems, the mind with yeah, extra twist. Seems here unnecessarily there. difficult sometimes. You know. Did you tell the, the difference between the night and day then, or was it was it really dark? Because they read somewhere like. Well, the lights that, don't go off or anything. Oh, they do. Like. The I mean, between well, it's already been dark for a lot of hours. But at eleven o'clock at night, the uh, the lights go off. The lights <laughs> that there are go off until five in the morning. So you've got six hours there, but there's no lights whatsoever. Um, Can you remember that moment? The first lights went off. Think. Yeah, because I was expecting it. I was looking at it for eleven, and they didn't go off. And I thought, oh, well, maybe they've changed it because we're running up and down here. And at 10 past 11, <laughs> off they went. Oh, God, there we go. <laughs> and it was just pitch black for a while. And then you see the runners coming towards you with their headlamps, which yeah. you hadn't seen before. So it was very different. Uh, and it was quite good in a way. Um, and it was only lasted for six hours. So uh, I quite enjoyed those, uh, those times. Some of the people who were running it said they preferred the time when there was no lights. Because that music was off as well then, at that time of night. Uh, at, uh, so was, there was, was music? Around. Well, music of sorts. It's, uh, <laughs> a noise. <laughs> a noise. Yeah, I don't know why, but it just sounded like a, a string quartet warming up. It was that sort of a sound, you know. There, was a, there must have been some sort of stringed instruments, but uh, they were, certainly weren't playing a tune. <laughs> it was, yeah. uh, you, I know there was two other people. There was Mark. Agnes Mark and Sammy. And Sammy Dyer's there as yeah. well. Um, like, was a Good camaraderie when you're walking past people, you say, well, John, yes. well, Joe, well, Mark. Yeah, well, even the ones that I'd never met before, and you get to know people's names. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're going up and down past <laughs> them like... an awful lot of times. So, yes, there's a bit of a, a nice camaraderie there. Um, I guess to a point, though, whenever people don't even raise a smile, mm. <laughs> you know, they're so low or they're, they're so tired that they're just looking at their own feet and they hardly notice you coming the other way. But... Uh, and then it picks up again. Like you say, even when it uh, comes to the sunlight and you see a bit of sunlight at each end, that gives you a bit of a lift, even though yeah. you're not, uh, you can't see it for very long. But then, yeah, the mood tends to, to lift a bit. Um, what about the temperature in the tunnel then? Was that changing? Because like, the wind that we've been having lately, was that having an yeah, effect? See, I wasn't sure what way that was, that was going to be. The wind, when the wind was blowing in the direction of the tunnel, mm. you got quite a breeze coming down along it, uh, which it did from south to north. Uh, for part of the time then it must have shifted and then we didn't notice it for quite a while and it got quite cold whenever the wind was blowing through especially at mm. night uh, so I was glad I had plenty of gloves with me my hands get very cold uh, in the cold weather uh, and I think I suffer from uh, is it rain odds mm. uh, it hasn't been so diagnosed the blood flow, but the blood flow and that can get quite painful so I took yeah. a whole range of gloves and hand warmers and stuff with me so I had it Glad I had those, but I didn't need them too much. It was just for a couple of hours uh, at the coldest part of the night. But yeah, it can get quite cold. You're going up and down then, and you mm -hmm. see the other two guys done ex excellent as well. So all of a sudden, how do you know, like, so Mark went first, mm -hmm. so Mark's out. How, how do you find out about things like that? Is this always... Uh, it's hard to tell because uh, you, you know the numbers are getting less because yeah. there's fewer people about. and But you don't know, are people having a wee rest? Are they sitting down right, having something okay, to eat yeah. or are they out? Um, they had a whiteboard where they were writing people's names on and uh, DNFs beside the people who were dropping out. And I, I didn't look at that every time because I didn't want to be uh, getting too excited because I knew that I, I was doing a lot, quite a lot of uh, loops more than some others. But then I did take a look at it and there was 
uh, I don't know, there's been about 15 to 20 people yeah. at DNF, and it wasn't that far into it, you know, for a, a race of that length that was uh, relatively early on. Yeah, because you can go your own pace this one, so you're, yeah. you can, people could be resting, you could be overtaking people, right. you could overtake somebody like twice almost. Like. Yes, I mean, you, get, you can get lapped. I mean, I was, how many, at halfway or at 50 miles, I think I was about four or five loops behind Guillaume Artis, uh, the French fellow, yeah. it was over, and he had gone off at a cracking pace, but it always seemed, you know, it was too, maybe too much of a pace that he went off at, mm. uh, and he suddenly crashed and burned. And uh, I always have this was, sort of was quite analogy long. of the heron tortoise. Yes, <laughs> in these I, type I, of races. I heard, exactly the thing that was going through my mind uh, during a lot of that. As uh, I was, I the last I was one standing too late, and some people were coming yeah. around at. Um, like Andy in last one standing, mm-hmm. like whether it's coincidence or not, any of the photographs I took, mm-hmm. he was way at the back. Right. Yes. Uh-huh. And is it Pearson? Andy Pearson. Yes. Andy Pearson. And he and showed up at the tunnel too. He lives. Oh, did he? I think he must live pretty close to there, but he came up uh, to right. yeah to support. Because um, nice he done he outstanding last one standing. Oh, it's fabulous! Came se- he came second. Yes, and I just thought he was trailing behind everybody, but he was playing a really good game. It was very good game. That was really, pacing was super. That really was, was the tortoise in the hair. Yeah, in that one, like yeah. you know, even though everyone, because it's hard to gauge how what is too fast and what isn't like. It is because I mean you go quick uh, and you have more time to rest. I mean, when you come in, if the rest suits you, or if you need to do more things, but you can have too much time resting and you start getting cold you start cooling down start stiffening up and then it's harder to get up and away again or if you leave it too late then you don't have much time and you you could do with a few more minutes so to do a couple of things whether it's to put plasters on or to change your shoes or to have something to eat and it's a very hard thing to to get spot on it needs to change as well if you, yeah. if you, you need to adapt to the conditions or how you feel um as well so in the tunnel then i can only mm-hmm. imagine coming to 100 miles like how do you maintain focus in a loop how do you do that? Because uh, your mind, like, it's dark. You've been in the dark for a long period of time now. You're going back and forwards a mile in a tunnel in the dark. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's nothing much changes in it. It's uh, every step. Although what they have in the tunnel, which was quite useful in the end, uh, every 100 yards or every, every 100 metres, they'd mark on the ground saying how many metres to one end right, and how okay. many metres to the other end. So it starts off, uh, you come to 100, and it says 100 metres back and 1,600 metres forward because it's 1700 roughly just outside the tunnel each time so slightly over a mile and every 100 meters you get 200 and 1500 and uh, 300 and 1400 so you can my walk run strategy went from time to sort of 100 meters at a time (laughs) eventually so things like that you can focus on um, to get you through even the next 100 meters rather than thinking of a mile my mile can seem quite a short Thing to think about each time but once you're over 100 miles or 150 miles 100 meters is enough to think yeah. think of at a time or a couple of hundred meters and uh, that's one way to get through it at least that way it took out the complete monotony of how far am i down this tunnel because you knew exactly how far you were down you're almost and, trying to just stay as present as you can aren't you yeah. really and and I to try to think, but then I started, my mind started wandering and started thinking ahead and I thought, if I keep this pace up, I'll finish in such and such a time. Uh, and that was, I think, the start of my downfall. Uh, mm-hmm. It was, this thing started going wrong and then suddenly uh, this hun- tunnel started spinning and I was staggering around. I couldn't stand up straight. Because uh, you're buying so things. When fatigue comes in, because mm-hmm. like, we're talking like 
two days. Yeah. So you're losing a full day's sort of rest and sleep. And your sleep deprivation and is, is, is a thing that can really work on. You don't know how you're going to react to sleep deprivation either until you're into that. It's hard it to train you, for it. I was just going to say, is it something you think you can train for? It's hard to know, isn't it? Well, it's, uh, not whenever you get to the 36, 48 hours. I mean, I would never mm. go for a training run like that. I would go for training, overnight training runs maybe 50 miles or something or 12 hours but that doesn't get you into sleep deprivation that mm. just gets you tired but you, it's hard to know unless you use something like last one standing or another ultra to test it out and train for the one you're going for but uh, yeah. it can get a bit extreme doing that you start hallucinating then you're bound yes. to miss the, yeah. uh, any races I was looking at that and go, thinking to myself because like, um, the walls are all like that, sort of cobbly sort of walls yeah and and there's even like sort of sculpture things in the walls that, like arty, arty are you sure <laughs> yeah well <laughs> maybe, maybe they're not <laughs> I know cause yeah and the the lighting casts shadows and they look different from different directions and you think they're moving and you stop and you look at them and yeah you see different things and that aren't there I mean I think some people were seeing really weird things and there I didn't go quite that far I think Mark was you seeing you yourself a few, a few yeah. times like when you're sort of seeing oh you do you sort of stop and think oh <laughs> there's no way I saw what I thought I saw there so <laughs> I'll just carry I'll not look back just in case but I'll carry on yeah, it was, uh, it's a weird feeling. I've never been as bad as that. I've seen some things like that in last one standing when you go around, but it's uh, it, it's a lot longer loop, so you don't see the same things all the time. In this one, you were seeing going past the same things a lot, and then Cause there's your not mind much, is playing There's not tricks. much stimulation, mate, is there? No. Not really. The, like the, you're saying the, You were saying the distance on the path, even that's giving you something. Yeah. Oh, I've hit that again. Mm -hmm. It's making your brain, mind work. Because our minds are busy at the best of times. Yeah, when but when it's got no, no distractions there at all, like yeah. that must be like start wandering and start doing things that yeah. you, like you say, for training for it. You can't get in. I can't. Well, I don't know how I would get no. into the same position during training to try to train for it or try to practice that sort of thing. Uh, you really have to wait for the time and see how it goes. Did it surprise you how far um, that you went into that then, or? Because I'm, I'm guessing that you've never had that type of sleep deprivation, less, no stimulation, like... N not all those things added together. You I've know, it's all... In different times, I've had different parts yeah. of that, but that really brought a lot of it together. And I was surprised how well I was doing, actually, at 100 miles and 130 miles. I was feeling really good. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd been through a dip and I'd picked up and I, w I was feeling great again. And I'd learned from last, well, the last one standing there, I had also at the same sort of point, I'd felt great and I started putting in a few quick loops because I felt fabulous. Now, I don't know how many loops it was. I was doing sort of 40 something, right. 45, 46 minutes. And I thought, this is great. I'm, I'm bouncing along here fine. And then the wheels started wobbling. And, uh, it sort of went bad very quickly. So I had that in mind in the tunnel and I did start feeling good at 120 odd miles, I think. And I thought, I'll not push on here because I was tempted, mm. you know, to run a few lengths and uh, not take walk breaks. But I held myself back and I think that's helped me get further than what I maybe would have done. It's pretty amazing that when you get to that sort of distance, like your your body or your mind actually just lets you go then. It's like, mm. okay, you know, it's trying to give you a bit of resistance, say, look, you shouldn't be running 60, 70 yeah. miles, 80 miles, catch your breath, and then your mind just gives up on you. Yeah, it, seems like, to, it seems to think like, no matter what I say, you're going to keep going, so I'm not going to bother trying to stop you. Uh, and it sort of gives you permission to, to carry on. You can almost feel that release, can't you? Mm. And you, 
like I haven't done anything anywhere near that extreme, but I know when I done my first long distance race was mm-hmm. coast to coast, oh, right. yeah. and there's plenty of stimulation there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not to worry about going up down in a tunnel. Um, but you know, the first say half of the race was tough, and then I just let go, and just mm-hmm. I just felt like I could have done it twice. Yeah, that's a wonderful feeling. And the first but, time that happens, yeah. you're like, "Wow, this is amazing!" Like <laughs> yeah. it's almost you get to the other side of that, like. I think a lot of people don't experience that because they've only they only run sort of up to the first half and think this is tough, but if you can break through that, things can get so much better and you can feel so much. Uh, Even at the well. small distances, you know, when mm. I've trained people to do ten k's and things like that, they don't like if I do a twenty mile run, the first six is the hardest. Yeah, you know, because your body's cold Most and it's hard getting into them. Hard to get into, and people don't realize they have a second wind. Yeah. And they feel that toughness and they sort of resistance a bit. That's and your right. mind's like, mm, this is not good. Like, <laughs> But actually, if you just relax and be a bit more confident in yourself, yeah. like it actually gets a bit easier as you go on. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what length. So 100 miles then, you f- or 130 miles, you're sort of moving into. People mm-hmm. are starting to drop out quite rapidly. There was yeah. only four of you left. Uh, the once I'm not sure how far uh, or how I long think the, the fourth place was like... For- yeah, the fourth person was like thirty miles finished behind you, something. Like uh, Elena, yes, Elena did was doing great, but she was uh, walking so much of it, but she was determined to keep going and keep going, uh, and uh, I think it was by far the farthest uh, she had run in the end, uh, gone in a an event, and the other two fellas then there was uh, Brian and Alan, and Brian and I were more or less neck and neck. And Alan was, I was surprised because uh, I used to see him almost every loop, but he must have taken a break at some stage because he and I were, he was 10, 10 miles behind me or 10 loops behind me. Oh, I guess <laughs> it, it, all, it all melds into the numbers in the end, but he was, he was quite far behind at that stage. But uh, then once I stopped, well, I stopped at, uh, was it 89 or 90 loops? And... Uh, so Brian kept going and Alan actually picked up from then. He was, because he was pushing then hard to get in under the uh, the time limit, uh, which there was still at that stage, I think about 11, 10 or 11 hours to go. And it was going to be tight, but he kept going and he mustn't have had uh, any major issues apart from fatigue. Um, yeah, so there's only two people finished the 200 yeah. miles. You finished, what distance was that then? Was it like 180? Well, in, on my watch it was 189, but I think uh, officially it was 180. 180 miles. So yeah. Talk to me about the last three three laps then. Because, uh, like, that's close. Yes. You know what I mean? And then I remember Sammy had sent a message through to me and mm. it goes, it looks like Bobby's going to win this. And I was like, <laughs> no way. This is like, I, he's going to hit the 200 miles. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so we had all eyes, eyes peeled on Bobby and how he was getting on. Those last three loops, like at what point, because it's so challenging all the way through that, mm. and you're going up and down, but there's only so far you come up after like 120 miles, 130, yeah. you know, it's not like You don't get down. up as high as you used to <laughs> yeah. get up. No. <laughs> like your, your highs are still in the low. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's all relative, isn't it? And um, yeah. like how did the last three loops, did you know it was coming or like you're just getting deeper and deeper or there's no... Uh, well, so I started doing mental math. So I do when I get into that time, I start working out, right, if I go at this pace, what time would it take me to finish? Or if I sit down and uh, sleep for an hour or sit down and rest for a while, what pace would I have to go when I get back? So I start 
working out things in my head and doing mental math. It's probably not very accurate at that stage because yeah. my, my mind isn't as sharp whenever it's feeling like that. But I was thinking, um, <clears throat> I think with about three loops before I finished, I thought, uh, there's no way I've missed the 48 hours. There's no way I'm going to do that. I could still make 50 uh, hours if I can keep this pace going. Because yeah. I think it was reasonable. I think it was a bit... Uh, between 15 and 20 minute miles averaging. I was still doing running, I was still doing walking. I was, uh, I was happy I was still able to run, although I wasn't running at any pace. But then I was working out, okay, I'll, I'll be able to do this in 50 and then another loop. And I think, no, I'll not, I'll be 52 hours. I'll be able to, if I keep this pace going, I'll be able to go at 52 hours. Um, and then things just suddenly, out of nowhere, went, went bad. I mean, uh, I, I could have walked slow walking I could have I could have finished it within the, the time limit but my head just just went it was halfway down uh, the tunnel and I started staggering the tunnel was spinning um, I was down on my knees to try to get my head uh, from being dizzy and that's when uh, Lena was coming back on one of her loops uh, and I said Lena I'm just gonna have to, I'm gonna have to withdraw here can I walk back with you to the start and she tried to persuade me to keep going or to take a rest there. But I mean, I felt so low at that point and it was so sudden. I thought that there's something isn't yeah. right here. You know, I mean, I could do myself a real injury and it's not worth that. Uh, so I sort of waited a couple of minutes. She waited for me, with me and then we walked back to the start uh, where Karen, Karen Weber is um, one of the volunteers and uh, sort of medic uh, first aider. Uh, she looked after me and got me in a seat and got me some sugars and tried to persuade me to go again. But at that stage, I, 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 my mind had almost given up and I yeah. decided I wasn't going to uh, go anymore. And that would have been that, so difficult then to pick myself up and drag myself out again when I'd, uh, I'd resigned myself to, to not carrying on. Because you're, you're so close, like, and 20 miles, sign yeah. so close. But how many hours would that be, like... You know, well, well, tw twenty miles would have been what uh, ten loops, so it'd been another ten hours, yeah. probably at the pace it was going at. Because that, that's and, a long time to yeah. add from what whenever your, you think you're not going to get through. state at that yeah. point. I, mean, I thought I couldn't even finish that loop, thinking that I had to do another ten. Uh, yeah. Because normally, alters you think, all right, I've only got so far to go, and ten miles or twenty miles. It may, in the grand scheme of things, it can be quite far if you're doing marathons and stuff, but in that sort of a run, it's relatively small. It's, I mean, 10% of the whole race. So it's not a huge amount or proportion of it. But at that stage, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, mm. and it seems so monumental. Just like that 2% incline you talked about. Yes, I mean, it was, <laughs> I was nearly on my hands and knees climbing up that, <laughs> going one direction, uh, uh, which is uh, strange too, because uh, cause, uh, you wouldn't have noticed it. <laughs> how did you feel after that then do you f obviously uh well i sat down uh and then they put like a sleeping bag around me to keep me warm um because it started getting cold then when i sat down for a few minutes uh my head cleared fairly quickly uh, probably because i was sitting um and my legs didn't feel sore although when i stood up my <laughs> my achilles tendons uh, they just seized solid uh They'd done something similar earlier. I had a sleep at about one hundred and fifty miles, and I got up and tried to walk, and I thought, "Oh no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to move here." Because I'm laughing like this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> we enter these races, we pay money to do this. 
and I thought they wasn't they weren't going to move. But once I started walking, about ten minutes of walking or so, um, I was going to walk back then to the, the my B and B because I hadn't checked in at that stage either. Uh, but one of the other competitors there, a friend of mine, Baron Crook, Baron Crook, uh, he was parked about a mile or so, uh, I think, <laughs> from the other end of the tunnel. So he had his car there. So I walked down with him and he gave me a lift back, thankfully, which was very nice. Um, there is, that's quite I, difficult logistics, isn't it? Like, cause the logistics, they do add to it all. I mean, <laughs> it, I know it's the same for everybody. Well, when I say it's the same for everyone, it's probably easier if you live close to it. Uh, or if you have someone you can crew, mm. crew with you there and uh, take you about the place. But... It's one of the things I like too about things like that because it does make it harder. Uh, you go over to these events and you have to plan how you what much how much kit you're going to take with you and how yeah. you're going to get to one place to another. Um, but yeah, it's, it's at the time it seemed unnecessarily difficult. If, if you have two hundred miles to run as well as do all that, do you, was it as obviously it was as challenging as you expected? But was it a lot more? The, uh, the actual running wasn't. It was it was what I expected because I had. I had trained and had practiced. I've got a one mile tarmac route from the okay. house here out to the end of uh, Prince Andrew Way and back. And I'd gone out and I'd run that at night and I'd run it during the day and I'd done my run walk strategy. Okay. And that was more or less, apart from being enclosed in a, in a dark tunnel, that was <laughs> more or less the same. You could so have done I, it blindfolded. Yeah. <laughs> so I got my mind into the mindset of that. And uh, the running and walking is also very good, I think, your legs and your yeah. hips and your joints. It gives you a bit of recovery as you're running, as you're going through the event. And so if you do, if you get the ratio right, uh, you can keep that going for hours and hours and hours on end, which is great. But the mental side of things, uh, I thought I was, I was okay because the last one standing certainly helped with that. And other ultras, you get into it. And I think I wouldn't have gone nearly as far if I hadn't had experiences like that. But uh, I have a few things I'll maybe change and give it another go so <laughs> so you feel drawn back to the tunnel yeah well it I feels think, do you think it'll be harder or easier going back because you're, you're gonna there's not going to be a freshness is there going yeah. into the tunnel again there's I almost know. a bit of baggage from the last time you endured it yes well, well there, there, there's the two sides of it but it, it at the minute it well as soon as i finished i never wanted to see it again which is the same as a, a lot of those events when we Finish like that, but it just it feels like unfinished business, you know. Especially when, it, relatively speaking, I was so close yeah. to the end. And if uh, if I don't, I don't think I would have a, any idea in my head or try to think of any finish time. I would just think fifty five hours is the the limit. If I get in before that, then that's perfect. So that's the one big lesson you sort of. Mm. If you'd gone back, you would have sort of made that change. Yes, you, I would, I would dropped, you wouldn't have had the time target around it. No. I wouldn't mm. have. But on the other side of things, if I had gone right to the limit, I would have been getting back to my B&B trying to check in at midnight yeah. and uh, uh, you turn up at somebody's place at midnight. I've the run they're, 200 they're, miles. They're not going to be zombie. Because it must come at some point, it's like Return of the Living Dead, seeing these bodies going <laughs> up is. and down the tunnels. Yeah, because I mean, they're, like I say, they're smiling and waving the first lot of hours and then that starts going and the heads are down and I don't think they even see you. A lot of times, and it is like zombies going up and up and down there. And then you don't see anyone for a while, and you, you think, has everybody stopped? <laughs> As it, it couldn't be all out of it. And then people have been having a rest, and they're sleeping at the side of the tunnel in the, uh, at one end. And then they're up, and a few more people appear. And then they, they have their, their whiteboard where he was keeping the, the, 
the list of who was going and how many, but that only was changed every every number of hours, and he didn't. It wasn't there to do it during the night to download from your dibber uh, all your ear loops, so you don't know where you are or where you stand yeah. or how many people are still in, and you just don't see very many people going along the tunnel. You, you just know in your mind that so many people have dropped out. Uh, in a way, that's encouraging because you say, well, I'm still here and a lot of people aren't, but then you think, oh, those people must be feeling so bad because <laughs> they all went into this with the idea of, uh, of finishing, you know. You're making it sound really attractive. <laughs> <laughs> Selling it well, yeah. <laughs> but it is that, you know, when you, read, when you read the race and what it's all about and what it, you know, 200 loops in a black, dark tunnel, mm. you know, it's not going to be pretty no matter what we no, look at it. Uh, I mean, I... My favourite run is out on the trails, uh, open trails on a nice sunny day. I mean, this was the, the polar opposite of that. It was, uh, it was enclosed, it was dark, it was tarmac, it was straight, it was mel- relatively flat. It's all the things I don't really like in a run. So why, why then? What, what <laughs> well, well, in a way, it? that's why. <laughs> As well, it, it's more of a challenge. If you, if you do mm. things you love all the time, then you're not as challenged if you try. I, would, I wouldn't make a habit of this uh, yeah. though wouldn't I still prefer just, going out in the trails more of stepping outside your comfort zone and seeing yes. what you can achieve yeah. and well the thing with the comfort zone is too the more you step out or the more often you step outside the comfort zone your comfort zone gets bigger no it does and mm. so you have to go a bit further to be outside your comfort zone it encompasses more and you can do more things and still feel like you're in your comfort zone which is great but the thing is you have to push yourself outside yeah. it and be uncomfortable for that to happen uh, is this has running always been a part of your life? No, I only started running in my forties. Uh, first time, uh, well, I played rugby before then, but yeah. run around the rugby pitch as a warm up was the furthest really I'd ever run. It's a totally different thing, like yeah, especially this running. type of running. This is yeah. almost like a path of discovery, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, this is this is completely different, even to five k's, ten k's, half marathons. This is, I think you say, yeah, you it run is loads of marathons as well. So, what, mm. what age you now? Don't I'm I'm fifty five. 55 so I started you've done a lot when I was 40, 42 I started running yeah it seems to be like this first midlife crisis <laughs> it is like that yes. isn't it you get I remember the first race I entered and I looked at it the first shock was how old I was but then mm-hmm. like I think it was like 35 or 36 I was right. like Jesus that crept up on me which is so young now I'm 43 now yeah. um, but what I noticed was everybody was that age yeah it's <laughs> so surprising it's, isn't it it's quite an introductory it sort of Mm-hmm. Things are changing now. Obviously, as you know, there's been a huge boom in running and all these events. And yeah. one thing I notice now is people's kids coming along and they're all yes. getting involved. So there's going to be a totally different wave. Is my feeling. How many mm-hmm. marathons have you ran? It's just over hundred now. Well, last marathons and ultras. Yeah. I think, I think last one standing was my hundredth. Um, wow, that was brilliant then. So uh, quite enjoyed that. Yeah. So the tunnel was the furthest you've run. Yes. Have you anything else on your mind? that's out there <laughs> oh, there's so many big events out there in different places in different countries I would I would love to do there's uh, comrades I'd love to do that sometime uh, but, uh, have you done much travelling with your marathons no I'm, I'm a member of a group called Marathon Globetrotters uh, which their whole thing is to try to run marathons in as many different countries as yeah. possible uh, I've managed 10 countries so far Wow. Um, but uh, so I'm quite pleased with. But there's one. There's people in the marathon yeah. club trotters. But most a lot of them are in America. But they've run like sixty or seventy different countries, which is a huge amount of uh, traveling. But I, 
I do enjoy travelling to, yeah. to different events. It's a great way to see somewhere, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's a great excuse to go somewhere. Uh, places even like South Africa, which I probably wouldn't go to uh, just for the expense and everything else. I'd love to go to it as a holiday, but if I go down for comrades, you can, com- you can combine the two, uh, which I would love to do sometime. Yeah. Which is your favourite one that you've travelled to? Oh... <laughs> Uh, I loved Convergence. It was it, it was a bit different. It's not a marathon. It was a an ultra. Which was uh, where you pick your own route. Oh, nice. Which seemed a bit strange. There's, there's an event called Escape from Meriden, yeah. where you start in a place called Meriden in the middle of England, and you pick your own route and run as far away as you can. So we did actually do a podcast with Sean Nickel. All right. On yes. That, on yes, the actual right. race. Well, Convergence um, was the opposite of. Oh, of, right. Of escape from Meriden. You start where you want and you all converge in one so point. you pick your distance, is you, that right? You pick your distance, yes. Wow. So I loved it. I mean, that was another DNF, actually. I picked a place in North Wales, which turned out to be a lot hillier than I thought. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but when the 24 hours were up, I was about two two or three miles short of the, the finish point. But I loved it because some of the countryside I ran through was fabulous. Yeah, it's beautiful. And uh, and pick and again the organizing and picking your own route and. Uh, you love you love you love the strategy then you love that mm. aspect of coming in rather than just rolling up and running and. Yeah, well, I like doing that sometimes as well, but yeah, planning it and doing, organizing and like you say the strategy of it is, is a big part of it for me. It adds this, a lot to escape it. from her. Meriden, mm-hmm. you actually won the pairs in that. Ah, uh, well, I ran that with uh, with Sammy Day. <laughs> we were on the we won the pairs race for that one, uh, and again, there's there's quite a lot of planning with it because you're starting in one place. But well, we're flying over for starts. We can't take too much stuff with us because you're starting in one place and you're ending up to a hundred miles away. So you anything you take over with you, you have to carry with you the whole time, and then you're trying to find or book somewhere to stay where you think you might end. Uh, we were a bit short of that in the end, but it's it worked out very well for us. And you're chained to each other in that. Well, we weren't. We were. There's there's different categories. Right, there's okay. solo. There's pairs, which is twenty four hours each of those, and then there's chained pairs, where <laughs> it's actually thirty six hours. So you're you're chained together, which makes it harder, and you're there for an extra twelve hours with each That's other. Another mental. So <laughs> yes, you, you have to get on with the person that you're chained to. Oh, you, you need to, wouldn't it? Would be uh, much harder. There's a similar event actually to that coming up. Uh, a couple of friends are organising in October called On the Run from the Crumb. They're doing a similar thing from uh, Crumlin Road Jail. And you have 24 hours to get it far away. As far away as the crow flies. So it's not just yeah. running as far as you can. It's uh, You want to get as straight a route. So that's part of the planning is to get as straight uh, a route as you can. Are they pr- allowed to use the motorways? No, you're not no. allowed to run on the motorways. No, you're not allowed to run so. motorways. So it's... Uh, it's just whatever the, the highway code, so you can yeah. you can go through paths or footpaths or cross uh, certain bits of open land, but you can't or go across farmers' fields and stuff if it's uh, uh, if it's private land. What do you prefer then? Do you prefer? So you've talked about you've done the likes of the Monway type of mark, mm. and you talked about that and how much you enjoyed the sort of freedom of that, like a road mm-hmm. marathon back to backs, and um, last one standing. <laughs> Killing yourself in a tunnel. Mm-hmm. Where do you feel you fit? What suits you better? Last one standing really gels with me, so it does. And it's one, like I say, I haven't missed one of them yet, and I, I really don't intend to. It's the first time I did that, I didn't know how I was going to react or how I would, uh, how I would feel when, 
the start-stop aspect of it all, but it just seems to suit me. And uh, I love the areas they run in. Castle Ward's beautiful. Uh, and they've changed the route there from the original. It's, it's different. I think they had to change it because it was uh, getting in the way of a lot of the, the Game of Thrones area. The, the original route was, was fabulous, but they've moved it. And shows how great Castle Ward is because they've moved the whole route and there's no overlap between the two loops at all. And uh, it's another part of the estate. It's it's great, a bit hilly, but it's it's nice because of that as well. Because I wouldn't want a flat one the whole time. It's like they don't like completely flat races. But uh, Florence Court's beautiful. It's down uh, Fermanagh there. That's another. Do you get excited awesome. when these races are coming up? Yeah, oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do, and then I start my planning, and I I start getting my, my check sheet out, and I start getting all my kit into boxes, and it does drives my wife mild, wild, so it does. But yes, I do. I get, I get excited and uh, I really look forward to them. That's brilliant. Uh, Tell me, I watched a YouTube clip in there this morning, just randomly, mm -hmm. of somebody brushing their teeth. Tell me a little bit about that. <laughs> That's not on YouTube, is it? Um, I don't know where I've seen it. I actually picked up on that this morning. What was that all about? Uh, that was nothing running related whatsoever. <laughs> That's not. I went with a, a charity called Stand By Me. Um, couple of years ago uh, to Ethiopia to a school that they uh, they sponsor the some children there uh, and they they fund this the school um, it's in a, a town called Bekaji which is actually running related because there's a lot of top Ethiopian runners okay. have come from this little town in the highlands of uh, Ethiopia uh, and the two <laughs> well one of the things we took over with us we took over a lot of seemingly simple stuff but one of the things was a, a lot of toothbrushes and toothpaste because they, they don't really have access to a lot of things the, the children there uh, I was uh, giving them a demonstration on how to brush their teeth with sound effects so <laughs> that was uh, uh, that was quite fun uh, it was but yeah it was, uh, it was a great project yeah I think there's more do you think it, over. do you think it's important to maintain fun in your running so oh, yeah. like I've talked you could talk about the Smurfs Umpa Lumpas, oh, right. Spider-Man, yes. Batman. There was even one run I seen you, you were, I don't know, were you a blueberry? I don't know oh, what you were, you were inflated. The inflated fat suit thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do like running with a with a, with a fancy dress outfit, but there's there's some of those are particularly good. There's the, the Eames, East Hunter Marathon Series crowd. They've made it an annual event now at Belfast Marathon to go as a, uh, pick a theme. And... Uh, and, and run as a as a lot of well it was uh it was Smurfs last year and the year before that it was Oompa Loompa or no the Smurfs it was Batman and Robin last year and the year before that it was a lot of Smurfs and then it was Oompa Loompas before that and I think there's going to be a lot of minions running around Belfast on the 5th of May this year but yes I, I like that idea as well it, it brings a bit of fun into the running and just to go out and enjoy it because then times are completely out the window at all it, it doesn't matter what time you finish it's uh it's just out to have fun and bring a bit of uh, laughter and fun to other people as well. I think it's great. Probably that's yeah. excellent. Thanks very much. <laughs> Thank you, Rafi. Cheers. Thank you very much. Wow, what another epic episode from one of Ireland's most inspirational. I actually listened to this episode three times before publishing it. I really enjoyed it that much. So hopefully you do too. If you are enjoying the podcast, please share it with your friends. Post it on Facebook. Post a response on the Facebook group and just help to pass it on. Don't forget to check out our awesome competition which ends on the 14th of April next month. Until next week, stay safe 
and keep on moving.